It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design with Jason and friends. It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, October eighteenth, and you're listening to episode four hundred and ninety. As always, I am your host, Jason. Today, joined by. Mike Velsoul of the Tabletop Mentorship Program. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, Jason, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, last time we had you and Grace here. Uh, this time, just you hanging out. Uh, not actually about the Tabletop Mentorship Program, technically, but we're definitely going to talk about it because I like talking about it, and I know you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, this is uh, this would be fun. Awesome, awesome. So you. Uh, you have been uh, busy uh, in non-gaming stuff. We were talking about, um, and, and all your game design friends know you recently. You and Grace bought a house, uh, and yeah, so that's that's a big thing. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively, uh, it yes. is a big house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, our uh, it's it's got to be big because our plan is to uh, turn it into a board game bed and breakfast. Yeah, and a yeah. retreat space for uh, designers and publishers. So fantastic idea! And, and actually, I think this is the first time I'm publicly talking about it. So scoop for the building oh, the nice, game podcast. Nice. I mean, you posted <laughs> it on Facebook, so it's like legal and legit. You know, <laughs> right, <but> yes. right. <laughs> I don't know that we have more listeners than you do friends on Facebook. So you know, I'm sure you do. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's funny. Actually, I was thinking about this. We uh, we have talked for a while about trying to figure out how to do a BTG con. We always joked about doing that. Um, and uh, so now now that makes me think of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in North Carolina. So I try not to get too close to that because once I get to North Carolina, then I'm close to South Carolina, which is where Josh Mills lives uh, right there in South Carolina, where he lives in South Carolina. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> You know, there's that. So, but I'm excited for y'all. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it'll be it'll be great. <laughs> it sounds like there's some beef there. Oh yeah, yeah. See, he he likes to be part of the North Carolina group, even though everyone is aware that he is born and raised in South Carolina and for sure has never lived any in any other place. I don't think other than that. So wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Well, the next time I see him on the uh, our private Slack, I'm gonna make sure to uh, to remind him of this fact. He'll he <laughs> loves he loves when people do that. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he'll curse and say my name. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So well, but congrats on the house. I know you have so much work ahead of you and everything, but uh, I think it's super awesome that you're. I think it's super awesome that you're doing that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's chat a little bit about the Tabletop, Men- tabletop Mentorship Program. I cannot say that tonight. I've screwed it up. Like I said, it was like, it's the Tabletop Mentorship Project the first time. Like, what am I yeah. doing? <laughs> so, uh, let's chat. How, how's that been going uh, from your perspective? Uh, it's been going great. Um, you know, we've been doing it for those who don't know, uh, since 2019, mm-hmm. uh, where, yep. uh, it started with where we would pair people in three months, uh, mentorships, uh, and has evolved since then. And now we have a whole educational video series and we give out, um, micro grants every month to underrepresented mm-hmm. creators. 
Uh, and, you know, dedicated listeners of this podcast will, will definitely know all that uh, as you've been yes, doing yes. Uh, episodes with our mentees and stuff, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, but it's been it's been going great. We're on a break right now. Uh, our last mentorship session ended in August uh, and we've been on a break since then to sort of retool stuff, you know, because we've been running nonstop since 2019. Right, uh, and right. it's just been Grace and I. Uh, and the first session was just me, and then the second session I added Grace in, and we've been co-writing it ever since. Uh, and it has exploded since then, and I should have been adding five more people every session. But uh, it has only right, been the two right. of us. So that's it's, what we're sort of... It's funny, because I remember uh, talking to Grace and how they had said that, you know, in the beginning you were like, it's all private, I can't, you can't help me at all. And like and they were like, I just want to help. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. Uh, my first instinct is always uh, to think about privacy. And then uh, I very quickly find out that nobody cares. They all want to share as much as they can about themselves. And I am just worried about right, nothing. Right. <laughs> it's it's fair, though. I mean, it's a great policy to have. And you definitely want that. You know, I mean, you want people to feel like, you know, you're respecting that. I mean, that's that's important stuff. Uh, but yeah, it does in the game design industry. Like the only reason we don't talk about everything is because a lot of us have to sign NDAs and like, if it wasn't for that, we would literally be blabbing nonstop about everything happening. Sure. So, yeah. And we still yeah. want friends, you know, right, who just right, don't right. want to hear us talk about game design and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. That is true. So, um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to throw out there that, you know, I've was telling you, I've done this twice now. Um, and I have loved being part of the program. Uh, I'm constantly encouraging others to do that as well because it's just, uh, yeah, it's super duper fun. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's been such a fulfilling experience. You know, it was neat because both of my mentees were very, very different. They had very different goals, uh, very different people. And, um, you know, and, and first of all, they were people who I'd, I'd never worked with before, obviously. And so that was always exciting to get to meet new people. Um, but then just being able to help them with different, different, you know, problems and, and things they're trying to work through. And, uh, it made me feel really useful. It was a lot like doing the podcast, but doing it one-on-one -on -one, right to where it's like trying to like, Oh, somebody has this problem. Let's talk about it and see if we can help. And it's just been really rewarding on my side as well. Um, so just a plug for anyone who's interested in that. And I, I still talk to both my mentees, um, because they're awesome. Uh, and I love, I love chatting with them and I love talking to them and, uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun to do that. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I love the idea that you can take this information that you've learned over the years. And even if you feel like you're not an expert and I always feel like I'm not an expert, uh, still it feels like, um, it feels like it's just, yeah, like it's just, it's awesome. It's been going so well. And, uh, and I'm making certainly lasting relationships with some of these people. And I think that's just fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. And first of all, thank you so much for signing up as a mentor. Uh, and, and for speaking about that from the mentor side, you know, I, one of our, some of our struggles is, uh, you know, it's so obvious what the benefits are as a mentee, right? Mm -hmm. right uh, to be right. a part of this program. Uh, but it's not always super obvious what the benefits for the mentor are. Uh, and you summed it up absolutely beautifully. You know, um, you. you're meeting people, you're shoring up your own 
knowledge um you know you're, you're feeling useful and smart and and like you know the last five years really meant something you know like and you grew <laughs> right. as a person it's like oh yeah i remember where you were but guess what i learned this and you don't have to you can know it right. now you right. don't have to wait right. five years you know <laughs> it's wonderful yeah. to hear you sum that up it, it is it does feel really nice to be able to be like oh you've got you had this awful play test with these people like i i had to say to one of the mentees they were like they like described the play test and they were really downshot. And I was like, I just want to start off by saying those people were jerks. Like they were bad play testers. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need someone to tell you that because until you yes. know that you're like, what did I do wrong? And then it turns out that like, no, they were just, they were just being unhelpful and that's not the kind of feedback you want. And then like talking through how to parse out the feedback that you want and what you don't want, you know what I mean? Uh, and I, I've learned from my own experiences, but certainly I've learned so much from guests on the show and other designers that have mentored me unofficially, you know, and those types of things. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I just really hope when this starts up again, I know I'll be signing up again. It's funny. I did it once as an experiment and was like, oh yeah, I'm hooked. Now I want to keep doing this. <laughs> and and you even get to pick your own people. I've both times picked a person and even been like, hey, this doesn't work out. It's okay. And both times my first choice have been who you signed me up with, which is pretty awesome. Like that means like, cause I know how much you're taking into account what you want to be a really good, uh, a really good, you know, pairing. And so it makes me feel good to, to pick someone. And then you agree like, yes, this looks like a good pairing. Like that. it's like, all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the best things we ever did for this program was take ourselves a bit out of the equation as far as matching is concerned, you know, cause we used to do it just, just Grace and I with no input from anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't great, you know, to be perfectly frank. Uh, you know, like we had some great, great matches uh, and then some not so great ones. And since we started letting mentees pick their, uh, sorry, mentors pick their mentees or at least give some uh, influence into that, mm-hmm. um, the ratio has been through the roof uh, on the positive side. You know, we're getting right, uh, right. much more feedback that, oh yeah, it was a great match. Uh, thank you for letting me, you know, pick the mentees. And, you know, it's, you know, again, it's not a hundred percent, never will be, right, right. but it's so, so much better. So much better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's cool too, being able to like, you know, that people can put so much information about themselves if they're comfortable with it. Cause you know, that really helps like, Hey, I would rather not have a white dude be my ment- mentor. And I'm like, okay, you look interesting, but all right. In fact, it was funny. Cause my first mentee, I had actually put like, Hey, I meet all the qualifications, but this, if you can't find someone who fits their demographic they're looking for, I'll, I'll do it. And then that's who I got. And I was like, all right, well, I'm glad I said something because, you know, you know, and that, cause it turned out to be a great relation and working relationship. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it, it's imperative in this community and in any community, but especially in the game design community, because we have, there are so many things about this community that are not great. A lot of times that, Anything you can do to give back is just really important. And, um, and, and again, I applaud you and Grace for doing that. Um, and cause you know, like there are people like me that want to give back, but like, I didn't think of that being a specific way to do it. And then because you gave us the opportunity, boom, there we can do it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, I mean, with your podcast and everything that you're doing, I mean, like it's, it's the same, you know, and then we've, you know, uh, you've brought people to our program. We brought people to your podcast. Like, uh, you know, we're all contributing in that way, which is so wonderful. Uh, you know, these people that just want to help and give back, uh, we find each other and we help Mm -hmm. each other, which is really wonderful. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
So, hey, next, uh, we're going to talk about a topic here. Um, I wanted to talk about, so you have a game that was on Kickstarter, which you're going to talk about later, and we were going to have you on to promote it. Uh, and then things got busy and uh, we missed it. We totally just missed getting you on during that window. Um, usually that doesn't happen, but it did. And my apologies. Um, no, the, the perils of a seven day Kickstarter. Oh, oh, it was only seven days. Well, no wonder. It was only seven days. Okay. I take my apology back. This is all your fault. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was ticked too. Cause like I would have backed it and I was like, what happened? Oh, uh, yep. <clears throat> oh, we had so many people that said that as well. They're like, Oh, I thought I had a month. I'm like, Nope, you didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, Hey, Good to know. So I feel better now. I was like, how did I like, Good. how did I miss it by so much? <laughs> yeah, we we would have had a hard time getting it out there in time anyways, because obviously the, the yeah. podcast turnaround is like five days so between recording <laughs> and, and publishing. So, um, well, yeah, so you had a Kickstarter. Uh, we're going to talk about the game later during the pitch section, but um, I like we've been trying to get back to talking about some mechanics and stuff on the show and spending a little more time on that. And and so one of the mechanics in your game is an I split you choose or an I cut you choose mechanic. And and so this is a mechanic that has been super fascinating to me since I heard of it in the first game I heard that had it. And I know there are others was New York Slice or the perfect New York Slice, yep. which I've never played. I've watched being played. Um, and I was really enthralled with this idea, like the simple idea of I cut or I split you choose is when you uh, when you have a sibling and you break something in half one the one person breaks something in half you're going to share and then the other person gets to choose which half they want right basically it keeps everybody yep. uh it keeps everybody honest by not allowing you to uh <laughs> not allowing you to split uh something unfairly and then give people the small half which is of course what every older sibling would do to every younger sibling if given the chance so <laughs> right yeah um so yeah, like I just I just want to have a good conversation around this mechanic. Um, what drew you to using the mechanic in in the game? Like, um, you know, what kind of what kind of brought you towards that when you were in designing? Yeah. So we um, we were designing the game around uh, candy, Halloween candy specifically, mm-hmm. um, and we. We're thinking about, you know, the players are like going door to door. They're getting candy. And this is like the initial idea of it. Um, And so basically you had like a bunch of candy, which were dice in this version. Mm -hmm. uh, And players had a way, had needed a way to divide it. And we thought, okay, well, let's try drafting. It's the first thing that came to our mind. You know, it's in tons of games and it always works, right? (laughs) So we tried that and it didn't work at all (laughs) because people just picked the best one, right? Numbers are very... um, yeah. Very objective. A six is way better than a one. Turns out, um, yes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, so that didn't quite work. Um, and so we thought of I split you choose, and I don't remember if it was Grace or I or where you know. But like you said, we've come across in games like New York Slice and others. Uh, Jeff Engelstein talks a great deal about his love of this underused mechanic in games, uh, and we're like, well, let's try that. See how that feels. Um, and the first time we did it, it immediately felt amazing because nice. uh, it's this wonderful little fairness mechanic and like you talked about with siblings splitting up you know uh, mm-hmm. a, a cake or something right uh the person who splits gets to choose last so they obviously want to make it the fairest slice possible right right um but in the context of a game you kind of want to give your opponent the edge um 
because you want a certain thing in this pile. Usually in I Split, you choose in, in the context of a board game. There's multiple things in that you're splitting, right? So like your slice, as it were, will have multiple components in it. Right, and right. one of those is something you really want right. and you don't want them to have. So you might give them an objectively better pile to, you know, with all the shiny things to tempt them to take that instead of this one thing you really need, um, which is just wonderful because uh, it creates a lot of tension as well, which I love in games and anticipation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful uh, emotion in games where you're like, all right, I'm going to split this up. And then we're going to see what happens, you know, which is, <laughs> I think is always, it's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite, like, uh, thing in any mechanic or theme is just that idea like let's see what happens you know like i I love that feeling love that feeling when you describe it that way like this scenario of like i really want this one thing so i'm going to try and make this other thing more attractive and honestly like instead of i split you choose it's almost like you could call it like passive aggressive trading like because you're like trying to convince (laughs) the person it's very reminiscent of like when i've played like cutthroat Catan with people back in the day and they'd be like I will give you five resources for this one that I need. And then they'd be like, okay. And then you'd win because like, obviously you needed that one to win. Um, But like, Mm -hmm. so, and so I think with, with what's so neat with I split you choose is like when you're trading, you of course have the ability to say, never mind, Right. Like I can say, Mm -hmm. I'll give you this. Okay. Give me that too. Give me this too. And, and you can keep adding to it. Uh, But eventually you can just say, no, I back out. Never mind. But with I split, you choose, you make the choice, right? You you make the choice for the best guess you have. And then, yeah, right? I mean, and I think it, it's one of the things that interests me about it is in the last episode, we had Jason Katarski on and we talked about uh, playing other players and reading other players and kind of that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And this falls right in line with that, right? Because you're, you know, I'm trying to know what you want, when I make that split mm-hmm. in, in, in the scary thing is in a, how many, like if you had a four player game, right. I'm trying to figure out what four people might want. Um, and I'm assuming you're always splitting it into equal, like not equal piles, but, but full, like the a number of players of piles. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. In our game. Yeah. yeah. And I are. think in a lot of games, really that's, or maybe you, you're always going to set it up likely in some multiple of players, right. To where like, you are going to um, to where you're, you know, maybe there were two rounds of drafting, but when that happens still, you know, you're going to end up getting stuck with something as the splitter, right? Is the, is right. always going to be the idea. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, um, I mean, you could do that or, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, a popular thing you might think to do is to like give the last player uh, two choices you know, uh, in drafting, that's always like in Sagrada. You know, the last person to go gets the the double choice, and they then the other one goes to the uh, the round tracker, um, which is like a nice thing for the last player. But an I split you choose, uh, it doesn't quite work that well. Uh, we tried that in playtesting, and um, it lacked the the teeth of the mechanic. You know, like the real bite of everything is like no that person has to get stuck with yeah. you know because yep. it was their choice that's the thing in sagrada you're rolling all those dice and you have no control right and i split you choose you have total control yep. so to get stuck with the thing you didn't want sucks to be you i don't know what to tell you you know like right, right. <laughs> that's part of the fun of it yeah no i i i think that would be way too forgiving right i mean it like yeah. 
doubles your power because I mean, you basically can set it up to make two unattractive piles, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. both happen to have what you want. And then, and then, you know, one of those is going to be there for sure. Yeah. You're right. It, it takes away the teeth. That's uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, and it really is a mean little mechanic. You know, it's, it's not, it's not exactly take that, but it can be used that way, if you know what I mean. Right, right. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because when you think about, like, the idea of, like, well, I can split, if they're especially in a two-player version, right, where we're playing with two players, mm-hmm. and I make a just a gross, a big gross pile of stuff to really make <laughs> you just, it's obscene, all the stuff I'm willing to give you, right? Right. So that I can get this one thing I want, and that you can just total dick move. You could just be like, nah, I'm just going to take this other one. Um, but... <laughs> But in the end, you've still then screwed yourself over, right? By allowing them to have everything and you to get the one thing you didn't even want, right? So it's mm-hmm. it, it's just like it really is a mean little mechanic. You're you're not wrong. And um it, it is grossly underused. I was actually speaking of Jeff, I was looking at the tabletop um their their book, yes. one of my favorites. And like they list for I cut you choose as they call it, they list four games um two of which are about pies one being a pizza pie and one being a Mm -hmm. cake so i guess that's not a pie but you know what i mean uh and then san marco i don't even i've not i've not played san marco and then sunday split um so like i mean like i'm sure there are other examples but i I mean i think if there were many other they would have listed a few more (laughs) so you know um and like i said i've never played uh new york slice um but i've seen it played in and that obviously something like that really lends itself well to that. Right. I think, I think theme really lends itself well to that. And obviously, you know, your theme being like splitting up candy, like, you know, um, that, that obviously is, is perfect. It also reminds me of a a thing I saw today where it said, be careful parents. Um, uh, people are, are sneaking the, uh, the communist manifesto into kids candies, uh, candy, um, (laughs) so watch out for that. Uh, and I was just picturing like, you know, like one person's like, I really want the communist manifesto. I'm going to give you all the Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, and then they, and then they take the communist manifesto and you're like, Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. That's right. It's a nice aside. And then they realize the candy is everybody's anyway. So <laughs> yes. Right. We're going to share it. But, um, yeah, but a- anyways, I, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think thematically, this seems like one of those mechanics where like thematically it has to make sense. Um, I mean, I think you could, obviously it would work in an abstract game, but um, I mean, when, when you, three of the four games listed are in, in with San Marco, it may be incredibly thematic as well, but obviously, you know, two of them are literally about dividing up like, like things you eat, like in a way you would normally divide them up. Um, right. So, so yeah, like, <laughs> Um, and your game the same way, you know, being very, uh, very about splitting things up. Um, I, I, it's interesting to me because it's, it's just, it's a mechanic I would love to find a way to put into, um, into a, into a game I'm working on and like thinking through, mm. like trying to find a theme that matches that is, is tough. You know, what, do you have any thoughts on like themes that that might jive really well with? Ooh, interesting question. I know it's not what I normally ask, but I, I'm just really curious. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm trying to think through like 
you know, really any theme where you're obviously dividing resources with a purpose, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, the, you know what? The first thing that comes to mind is um, uh, dividing up bequeathments from like a will. Um, I think oh, that could yeah. probably be pretty fun. <laughs> Um, you know, you're 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 uh, you're <laughs> you're doing this about an inheritance or something, right? Right. I think it'd be it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um could be slightly morbid, but I think it could be handled in a, sure. in a way that was fun. Um, you know, who doesn't like dividing up the will, right? Mm-hmm. But no, that is um, <laughs> you know, that is yeah. I was trying to think of like something like a trading post or something like that to where like. You know, um, but that, I mean, that literally is trading then. Um, you know, I played, uh, I've talked to this on the show before, but I played the the video game um, uh, uh, Firewatch not too long, several yes. months ago. Fantastic game. Did not go where I thought it was going to go. Really good. Highly recommend mm-hmm. for anybody. Who, have you played it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So great. Second, second did. So it's the, only, it's the only game that's ever made me uh, pause for five minutes to think about a decision. <laughs> Yeah, right? You know, because yeah. you're like, what's going to happen? Um, yep. <laughs> so um, so anyways, one of the things in that game, are there these little caches that you can go to? And like you get keys and combos to them. And it's basically like mm. people put resources there. And then I was I've been listening to this. I've started listening to audiobooks because I I just I struggle to find time to read, um, like sit down and read. But I have plenty of time where I'm like driving to go pick up the kids or something. And I was like, why don't I just listen to books be read to me? Right. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's been going great, by the way. I highly recommend it. Um, but so while I'm doing that, I've been listening to this book that's talking about um, uh, people living in the Nahani Valley uh, up in Canada, which is like this valley in the Northwest Territories. And it's like haunted or something i don't know it's people keep losing their heads there in the early 20th century uh and be showing sure. up dead with without heads it's not it wasn't a good thing uh but it's interesting but anyways so that morbid story aside there's this um you know they they were talking about supply caches that people would put out right or like you know um like you know people would say like when they would have a cabin somewhere they would leave it unlocked right if you had a cabin in the middle of the wilderness you would put like a loop through so that a bear couldn't get in or like a a, a raccoon mm-hmm. or something but so that a person hiking through could get in sleep in there use some of your supplies if they needed to survive and then leave right so this is super long story sorry to be like it'd be interesting to have like these supply caches and like you're trying to like you know you are splitting up what's there but it's it's almost like reverse order theme wise though right where you're like you're getting there first um but i suppose somebody else could split them up ahead of time right into you know separate uh in in some way you split them up into separate groups and then uh as you go through um you know you you pick them as you go i'm doing a really bad job explaining this but does that does that make sense is that like yeah it, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I, I mean, something you said uh, was kind of interesting where you um, you said something about splitting them up ahead of time. So like an I split you choose, but you don't choose right away. Sounds kind of fascinating, you know? So like maybe everybody's splitting at the same time or you're splitting up uh, moves ahead uh, and then getting to that later for some reason. Maybe you're, maybe you vie to pick not last. I don't know. 
I think there's there's ways you can go with it. Right. I mean, something that certainly could be interesting would be like um, I'm thinking about like shipping containers, right? Because that's something we talk about a lot right now. Sure. Um, and like, so what if, or, or even the supply cache thing, what if in the beginning you were to go through and seed, right? So like eat, you, you roll all these dice or whatever you, you flip all these cards. Doesn't matter. You fill these things with, with a certain amount of supplies. Um, it could even be a Las Vegas style mechanic. I kind of like that idea where like you're flipping over cards, uh, and each card has a perceived value for like usefulness, uh, in the supply cache type of way. Um, so you're flipping over these cards and you flip them until you hit a certain value limit. And that means the cash is full, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, heck, it could be a size limit for that matter. Um, and then you go through so everybody sees what's in all of them, right? And then the in some order, I split up the first cash and then set it aside. And now mm. you as a player with the knowledge of what I've just done, split up the next one. Right. Uh, and then mm -hmm. and you say you go through like you basically do all the I split at the beginning of the game. Right. And then you do mm -hmm. the you choose. But maybe the you choose is in that variable order of like who gets there first. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But you're trying it you would still have that mentality of trying to split it up in some sort of equitable, equitable way where. If you know, if somebody's putting all like the food together in one thing, the first person there is going to get the food. I'm going to want to make sure that I'm paying attention to that. When I split the next one, I don't want to do that again. Cause right. if that, if that player with the food is going to get there first, guess what? <laughs> They're going to get the food again. And that's going to be a problem. Um, so yeah, I think there are really some interesting ways that could be played around with, um, to, to kind of, you know, mix up that mechanic that I've never used before. And I'm just speaking authoritatively yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but evolving it, right? Uh, right, right. Is always the way to go. And I think that's a really fascinating idea is uh, building on everyone else's split. And then you're kind of building these pathways. Now, like, I, you know, the, the danger there is that um, the permutations get too big, right? Right, right. And it becomes like, unsolvable and you're just like well i don't know what's going to happen the 10th split down but i guess these are the piles you know right, like <laughs> right right yeah and it could yeah. even be like it could even be that you do the first one and then when mm -hmm. somebody gets to the first one then the person in last gets to do the next one before the first person even chooses or maybe maybe actually after they choose they choose and then you and then the person in last now splits up the next one. Right. So basically, mm -hmm. I saw what Mike took. Now I'm going to try and make the next one to where you're not going to be greedy and take, you know, the first thing. Right. Um, and sure. then try to work that way. Uh, I mean, thematically, it doesn't make sense because if you're like hiking yeah. and getting these resources and that that I'll, I'll be honest, that bothers me a lot more than it probably should. Just because, you know, I like the idea that you are. um you know, that you are uh, being able to, um, you know, like that you can thematically justify all the decisions. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's I think that's important, at least to me. I mean, I don't I know a lot of other people are not as concerned about it, but it's something that really bothers me when you can't thematically justify a decision in a game. Yeah. Um, and this is a tough one for those like warm, fuzzy themes. You know, it, it's hard to be like. Because there has to be a selfish player 
in or at least so far we've seen there has to be a selfish player in the eye split you choose right um it can't be a bunch of hikers who are just out to be in nature and then be like i'm gonna take all the food (laughs) you know (laughs) or i guess it depends who they are the character the world building you do um i'd love to play that game by the way as a hiker (laughs) uh that'd be amazing (laughs) oh my gosh yeah you screw people over hiking mechanic um right yeah yeah in and I'm trying to, you know, the other ones, the other games we've talked about don't involve dice. And, and I like that you did that with dice by yeah. introducing that extra, like really unpredictable randomness, right? I mean, when you're dealing with a game like New York Slice, where you're using cards, um, you know, you you kind of have that set, that set group that, you know, you're, you're picking from that set pool. But with the dice, um, obviously, the are all the what what are the dice? Are they all like D6s or... Yeah, they're all d6s, one uh, uh six dice uh, and they're all different colors. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was just thinking about like I mean there's just so many different ways that could go when you roll those dice and then you know, but I guess because they're different colors those represent different things, correct? And so it's not just the number that you care about, right? The colors matter as right. well. Right. Right. Yeah, colors matter as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's I don't I I think we can probably talk some more about this mechanic, but I, let's talk about your game for a little bit here just because um yeah i would be really interested to hear everything you did with that um around you know the design with using this mechanic and then uh and then maybe go off from there that's cool yeah definitely so uh the game is called uh trick-or-treat the aftermath uh or (laughs) trick-or-treat colon the aftermath to make it sound more dramatic very dramatic (laughs) yes yeah uh, we need it. We need a little subtitle for it, and we like the sort of double meaning of the aftermath. Uh, the first being, you know, it's a game about splitting up the candy after you've gone trick or treating, right? So you're back at home with all your friends. You mm-hmm. poured out your candy on the floor, and you're just splitting it up between y'all. Uh, so that's the aftermath of of Halloween. Uh, and then, sort of, uh, <laughs> the double meaning of that is uh, after the game is over, you have to add up a lot of numbers to get your score. <laughs> so it's the aftermath as well, that's which really we just good. loved. <laughs> I love that as well. But, That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're not shying away from the fact that there are a lot of numbers in this game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's the idea. The theme is yeah, you're 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 back at home with all your friends. You're splitting up the candy, uh, and it uses the the classic I split you choose kind of in theme with all the examples we've been talking about about like you know uh, splitting things up with your siblings. Uh, right, you know, right, so your yeah. kid and you're doing that and you want to make sure that, you know, you get the best thing by putting, you know, the Mars bar in your friend's pile because, you know, they love that. But that means that you're not going to take your Snickers because it's in that other pile, right, you know, right. with the Hershey Kisses they hate, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so the theme, uh, you know, we're talking about theme and everything. And it's interesting because the the initial theme was going door to door trick or treating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we stuck with that for a long time until it just bothered us too much that like, why would you go door to door trick or treating? And then they give you a pile of candy that you then have to split. Like nobody does that. It doesn't make any sense. You know, (laughs) they just give you the candy goes right in your bag. Right. And we're like, well, how do we still tie this to Halloween? And then, you know, that, that idea just came up uh, pretty quickly. Uh, And then immediately we're like, yep, that's it. Nailed it. I love that. Cut and print. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That is in in way to be like to be like no thematically this doesn't make sense that makes my heart warm <laughs> to hear you say that like yeah. <laughs> nope 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 that is that doesn't make sense let's not do that uh, and it is like yeah. 
I'm actually shocked there's not another game with the, I mean, like the theme is just so perfectly tied into the um, tied into the, you know, the, the mechanic there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's perfect. Right. I mean, it's like, it was made for that. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there are tons of uh, trick or treat games out there that focus on the door to door aspect. So I think mm-hmm. we also mm-hmm. like, we're dodging a bit of a bullet of being in a, uh, a crowded market for our small print and play, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was, uh, it was nice to come up with something that was like, Oh, you know, I haven't actually seen this yet. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's so, so tell me a little bit more about like the dice and, and how they represent things and such. Yeah, definitely. So the, um, every it's a roll and write, right? So everyone has a, a score sheet. Uh, and on it are six columns, right? And they represent candies. I'm kind of pointing this up at the camera for Jason. Oh, nice. Uh, That's and, very pretty. Yeah. I like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Fernando, uh, 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 one of our, uh, actually he's in our mentorship program. Uh, he did all the graphic design for this game and we're so, nice. so happy a great that, job. Uh, yeah, he that looks awesome. to work with us. Yeah, he's great. Um, and so, yeah, so there are six columns, uh, one of each color uh, for each uh, color die, and they all represent candies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you're trying to do is um, when you take a pile of dice, right, uh, the choosing part of the ice split you mm-hmm. choose, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. you're going to write uh, <laughs> you're going to write the number of the die uh, in the matching color column. So if you got a five in yellow, you put a five in the yellow column at the top, uh, and you work top down, right? You're always putting at the topmost empty space, um, and then. At its most base, at the end of the game, you're just adding up all those numbers that you've collected. Uh, now, there are other opportunities to score in different ways. So it's not just straight up, just, you know, I want the best dice. Um, but that is how the game board works. You know, you're writing numbers in the columns. And then when someone fills two of them, the game ends and you total up all your points. Um there are other scoring opportunities like the variety bonus. So uh all of these are on a grid, right? So there's like a, a six by six grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you fill the top row, uh, to the right of that row is a number. You'll circle that number and you get bonus points, okay. right? So yeah, yep. Yeah. That makes total sense. So you're yep. encouraged to diversify, right? Uh, and the reason why that's important is because everyone has a secret candy color that is their favorite, right? So this ties directly into the Halloween aspect where like, you know, my one of my favorite Halloween candies is a Milky Way, right? Mm-hmm. I want those above all else, right? That's uh, fair. And so the way we kind of represent that in the yeah, <laughs> the way we represent that in the game is everyone has a color that they pick mm-hmm. that is their secret candy color. So let's say it's blue. Uh, all blue dice that you collect on your board are doubled, right? Okay. So you'll score those twice. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it creates this divided need. Uh, for everyone where, you know, I really want this blue four, even though it's not that high of a die, it's not better than this orange five or yellow six. But for me, that's a blue eight, you know? So like people will see right. that and, and be like, nah, I'll go for the other thing. And, and secretly, you know, oh, well, that's going to be mine. And then as people fill up their boards and they start seeing other people's columns, be like, you've got a lot of fives and sixes in that one. Is right. that your color? You know, and they'll right. start thinking about splitting the dice in that way. So like you were talking about earlier, you know, what is everybody doing and what do they all want? That's right. kind of uh, how we implement that idea into the game, um, which is really fun as people start to like, um, you know, tr- try to figure that out. It's a bit of a deduction element to it yeah, uh, that you can really use in your strategy. Yeah, now I'm really sad I missed the game. So yeah, yeah, definitely uh, think about that print and play idea. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah coming soon to PNP Arcade. <laughs> I get some dice. I, can get some, I actually probably, because uh, we, we're big fans of Las Vegas, and yeah. you can totally play that with like a bajillion people if you just have all the different color dice. So at Gen Con a couple of years ago, I spent like 30 bucks buying like sets of like pink dice and like different random colors that are not included in um, Las Vegas so that groups of us uh-huh. can play together. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, and then the pandemic happened and I've never got to use them, but you know, whatever, it's cool. Um, so, <laughs> so if you could go ahead and do that, then I could go ahead and, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That is awesome. Uh, also, sign me up for that game of Las Vegas. That sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> um, it's just pure pandemonium. It's pretty great. Right. And lots of people just, you know, <laughs> hating their friends and stuff. It's it's awesome. So That's great. <laughs> now, you did. was it just you that worked on the game? Was it you and Grace that designed it? Yeah, it was Grace and I. Uh, we designed it back in 2018, uh, September 2018. I remember that because um, there was a Roll and Write contest. Uh, ah. online as a game jam you know yeah exactly yep, yep. so it was a game jam put on by uh uh robin david and joey shoten uh and the theme was autumn so ah, uh yes. we thought halloween immediately and then you know that led to all this so but the interesting thing was it was a one week jam which i had never really done oh, um, okay yeah and we were yeah it was super short timeline and we were traveling uh we were in japan at that point um teaching english and we had a lot of time on our hands so we were like well this is actually super perfect you know like <laughs> in between our like four or five hour teaching jobs we can come back home and just work non-stop on this and you know we iterated so quickly uh and it didn't take long to land on like kind of eventually what became the final product here um, that's awesome yeah so yeah yeah it was great it was it was a flurry of creativity i recommend that to anybody uh yeah. if they just want to get their creative juice going just a short jam you know, yep. one week, couple of days. It's great. Yeah, no, I, anytime I think that you can really just buckle down and focus on one project and, and make it fun and, you know, like have a goal, mm-hmm. have a deadline somehow worked into that. Fantastic. Yeah, it really, really helps you get things done in a in a quick manner. So. So, yeah, that gets me thinking more about like, you know, the the I split you choose in general. Um, and you paired it with roll and write, which I I'm pretty sure that's a first, right? I don't, I can't think of any other, uh, when I think of those other games that were listed, none of those are roll and writes. I don't believe so. Um, no. Yeah. And huh. in that is just, I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting pairing. Um, first of all, like roll and write to me is like one of the single most flexible, um, like mechanics you can have. Like, find me mm-hmm. a game mechanic and prove to me you can't uh pair it with a roll and write and i'll show you why you're wrong like yeah yeah <laughs> i mean right and or in some sort of and right game right i mean literally mm-hmm. there's there's not i mean i've seen every kind of and right game right you know um yeah i can't think of anything where that wouldn't work um but i think it's a really neat pairing because it allows you to have a smaller game with fewer components. I mean, I know you have a bunch of dice in the game, right? Um, how many dice are in the game, actually? Uh, just the six. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, you managed to make a really little compact thing there. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and anything else that's dealing with an I split you choose, it's going to have to have a lot of something, whether it's cards 
or tiles or tokens or whatever. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So what a, what a great way to make that a more compact experience. I think that's, I think that's super cool. Um, to oh, do definitely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it with the, di- you know, you're right about the cards, you know, like if you want all the permutations, you're going to have a lot of cards, but really, I mean, dice take care of themselves, you know, with just six, you have so many permutations, They do. so they many do. options, no roles going to be the same. Like um, it's, it's and it keeps it so compact oh you're you're totally right i didn't even really think about that but yeah it, it makes it really nice to uh to show people because it, it is not a lot and it's not a lot to learn either you know it's it's one sheet some dice and you're good to go yeah and i think one of the things that that i really like about that too is you know i've played like i so i'm addicted to roll and write so i've played a ton of roll and write games and yeah um and i've certainly seen quite a few with like drafting right where like you know you roll dice and then you draft it um yeah, and that's just like this becomes such a more interesting choice than what you draft, um, because like you know I, I was thinking of Bloom, uh, which is a, is a really nice little roll and write. You roll these dice, and um, you know one of the uh, they have like this wild die um, that basically can mimic one of the other dice, um, but you're kind of a jerk if you take it if you don't need it, right? Like because like why would i take it if i if i could just pick a different die but i'm going to take that one just because like i'm being greedy um and the whole i split you choose just fixes that right there because it's like yeah sure be greedy but like i'm gonna pick first so you know like it just uh it automatically kind of fixes problems like that and i think that's cool yeah it, it definitely gives you a different kind of permission you know right. when you sit down to play that kind of a game uh, where you, you know, something like a multiplayer solitaire experience, like welcome to, uh, you know, it, you're not really out to like get your friends or whatever. Um, right, right. But when you hear about the theme of this game, you're like, oh yeah, I definitely want better candy than you. Give me those dice, you right, know, like right, let's right. roll, you know? <laughs> and I think that that is something that's a, that's a pretty standard trope of, and I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, the kind of the mm-hmm. solo multiplayer is a very standard trope of, uh, of roll and write games right where like you know right i i do a thing and you know i mean yeah i mean even games where you're working to like where you're like like thinking about um we just played patchwork doodle recently which is is really good highly mm. recommend it uh, but like patchwork doodle i mean like yeah i roll the dice and we're stuck with the same piece and the same choice but like it's not like i picked it right i rolled the die <laughs> And then the die picked it. Right. So it's not like I was like, aha, Mike, I'm going to pick this because you don't want it. And I do, you know, um, you know, and then there's variation from that, of course, being able to use like special powers and stuff to get around the the randomness that you don't like. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that interactivity there is really good um, because, yeah, you see less of that on um, I think you see less of that on uh, Roland rights, you know, um, I mean, there's. Yeah. I think there's I several I can think of have like that indirect, you know, um, competition where like, yes, like I'm not affecting your board directly. But if I kind of like you have with the candy where if I fill a row, well, no, it's not even a competition there. Right. Like if you fill a row first, you circle it. But then if I fill that row or that, yeah, that row, then I would get it as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Where I think yeah. some of the other, other rolling rights I've seen that have done that have done the opposite to where like first player gets this point. So uh, Metro X comes to mind where the first player to complete something gets this many points. The next player gets this many. Um, and you don't right. you don't need that having the, um, you know, having the ice split you choose just kind of creates that on its own. 
So. Right. Yeah. And, and that becomes, you know, the, the the ones we mentioned, like Welcome to or um, or uh, Av- is it Avenue of the Kodama? That one, do you know, the route building one? Uh, that's another one where you can play like one to a hundred people. You know, you flip a card, everyone takes that card. Right. It's, it's a wonderful game. I love that I game. I haven't tried that one. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Oh, it's it's so good. It's a classic. Um, uh, and so a lot of roll and writes, I think, uh, are used to be tempted toward that side of like, you can play with as many people as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're mm-hmm. on a, a Twitch with a thousand people, they all can play your game, which right, is super right. awesome and super special. Um, and I like I like those. I also like the ones where it is two people only, or you know, like three to five. Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a very specific right, right. player count. And and I split you choose uh, does not lend itself to the one to a hundred. You no. know, it's <laughs> our 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 game is one to three. Like we have a solo mode, uh, but if you want to play multiplayer, it's two or three players. Right. You can't. We don't guarantee the four player experience. <laughs> we tried very hard to like. <laughs> We tried very hard, honestly, to uh, oh to expand it after the jam to like four or five or even six, you know, get that sweet two to six player count mm-hmm. that everyone's always aiming for. Right. And um, the only way we could think to do that is just to double the dice or to add, you know, other dice that do different things. And what we found was that it took 10 times as long to play ah, because okay. dividing six dice in three piles, you could do that in 10 seconds. Dividing 12 dice into five piles that's going to take a minute you know as you're trying to figure out what you want what everyone else wants after five piles get chosen am i even going to see the one that i wanted you know Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. for a minute like it's it's too much so we you know even though it technically worked you could play it it was not fun right so we were like you know what even though it's a weird player count we got to stop it at three because that is where it is you know, one player, two player, three player, those are the most fun player counts. Four, five, or six, right. absolutely awful. Yeah, so I, first of all, you're incredibly gracious for making it three. Like, right, most people at that point would have been like, it's a two-player game, right? Like, <laughs> I'm curious, how how does the game play solo? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. How do you do an I split you choose as a solo if you're the only one choosing? Um, and I have to give full credit to Grace for this because uh, they came up with it awesome. uh, sort of in the middle of the game jam as we were like, oh, this game's kind of locked and loaded, but we have a couple days left. Can we do a solo mode? Uh, and then so the way it works in our game is that you roll all six dice. Um, you have to take the highest and the lowest, and then you get one other that's your choice. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so you're walking away with three. Um, you you don't have a choice on some of them, uh, which kind of mimics the ice split you choose. Where like you want mm-hmm. the thing, but you don't want that thing. Uh, it also nicely averages out things a little bit. Um, uh, and, and you know, if they're tied for highest and lowest, you get to pick which one it is, which is also really nice. You know, we like giving players choice and agency. Right. Right. Um, so that was just uh, natural, and it's. It's interesting, you know, it becomes this little puzzle. Uh, you're trying to get the highest score. You know, it's one of those where you check it against a chart, you know, how well how well you did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you get the best score, then we say that you're trick-or-treating in the rich neighborhood, which we, which we really like putting that flavor in there. <laughs> you know, you got full-size bars, right, 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 that kind right, of thing. Right. You're one of the goonies, you got so. the rich stuff. So That's right, that's right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how the solo works. Uh, Very cool. It, you know, it's, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's interesting because I mean, like, you know, like a rebuttal to that would be like, well, that's just a forced draft. But I mean, like literally that's what, <laughs> that's what, um, that's what high split you choose is anyways. Right. It's literally yeah. just a forced <laughs> draft. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's never going to be a one to one, but right, we you know right. mimicking the feeling of it yep. was what we were aiming for, and yeah, you know I think that's what you're always aiming for. Yeah, no, absolutely, and especially when like you know I mean you can be like oh I have two sixes, one is the color I want, one is the color I don't want. I'll take the one I want. Yeah, you know that's right. That's good. Yeah, that's real good. Awesome. Well, hey, this has been a really fun, this has been a fun discussion talking about all of this. And uh, yeah, now I'm really itching to go out and try and design a game where I can use I, I Split You Choose. I'm super into that. Do it. Make me fight hikers for food. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If that only made any sense, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> here's the way it makes sense and i'll tell you this uh some bears have been able to open those hiker boxes you know along trails uh -huh. just make them bears just make the players bears you, you're not going to question it why does this bear no it doesn't matter your bears right <laughs> right right um yeah yeah i mean you could like you could justify it real quick here before we go you could justify it with something like in firewatch they had the lock boxes right um, mm -hmm. you could have, um, you know, you could have, uh, like a key that's going to pull open it. Like maybe you have a thing that you deposit and then you get to open one thing, right? When you deposit mm -hmm. that into the lockbox, you can open any one door in that lockbox, but only one, um, you know, when you can see in cause it's glass, I guess. Right. So yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, but you still, who's splitting it up. I do like the bears idea though. That is pretty funny. Like the bear only has time to get one thing. So the bear's like, I need some bubble gum and some spam. It's going to be great. <laughs> when in doubt, always go silly. That's, that's right. my design philosophy. <laughs> I, um, I do not disagree with that at all. Like I, 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 a lot of times I'm like, well, let's just make it crazy. Like, let's just make it fun. Why not? You know? Yeah. Um, can't what hurt. a novel concept, making it fun. Right. I know. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> so, um, yes, thank you again for, for joining me tonight. This was super fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to make sure people can get a hold of you and get a hold of the tabletop mentorship, uh, program. Uh, so yeah. So what's, what are the best ways to get a hold of the tabletop mentorship program and to keep in touch with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and thank you so much for having me on, Jason. This was a real blast. Always, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so our website is tabletopmentorship.org. Um, you can find a full description of all the programs we offer, like the uh, mentorship, uh, the microgrants, and the educational series, um, all of them free. Uh, so check that out. We also have a page of resources that are not us, uh, but we think are important to highlight you know we have like a, a little collection of, you know of uh, other mentorship programs other financial assistance programs other educational programs um as well uh so we try to be a little bit of a hub for that uh and then uh on twitter you can find us at tabletop mentor uh and then for myself uh you can find me on twitter at mike bell 3 
which I'm sure will be linked somewhere. Right, right. I Along mean, the my, way. It's my name. So right. you can check the title of the show. <laughs> right, <probably>. right, 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 right. <laughs> Go sign up for the Tabletop Mentorship Program. Get, you know, get contacted by them so you can sign up. You can be a mentor or be a mentee. Or as Mike has told me before, and so is Grace, you could be both. You literally could be both at the same time. How cool is that? Giving and receiving. Wow. Um, so anyways, uh, I strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with the show, of course, you can come to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find our Discord channel, which is fantastic. Join our Discord channel. Be part of our weekly accountability meetings. Those are super fun. Uh, also, you can, of course, call us at 770-TELL-BTG. Email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg at jaslingerland. Um, and uh, please come back next week and every week. But until then, good night. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 tell BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>